One quarterback the New Orleans Saints should avoid this offseason and another one they should make sure to pursue and can the New Orleans Saints replicate what the Los Angeles Rams did from a team building perspective to find their way back in the Super Bowl? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks as always for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that we're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked On NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And let's talk about why the New Orleans Saints need to avoid Carson Wentz this offseason. There have been a lot of rumors floating about that Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts are on their way to a split, and that could mean him becoming a free agent in the most dire of circumstances, but more than likely him being traded away by the Indianapolis Colts before $22 million of his salary becomes guaranteed. Should the New Orleans Saints get involved in that conversation? In my opinion, absolutely not. I would avoid Carson Wentz at all costs if I were the New Orleans Saints. Here's why. If you take a look at Carson Wentz's 2021 season, the season that we thought could potentially save his career, going back to Frank Reich, going to an Indianapolis Colts system that made a lot of sense for him, a good fit, good receivers there, a nice run game with Jonathan Taylor. All that you saw Carson Wentz do throughout the season was fall apart. And in particular, right at the midpoint of the season, you saw everything shift over to Jonathan Taylor as if Frank Reich and, of course, these Indianapolis Colts were taking the ball out of Carson Wentz's hands and instead putting it in the hands of Jonathan Taylor, who nearly put together an MVP running back season. And deservingly so, because Jonathan Taylor is an incredible running back in this league. But when you look at Carson Wentz and you try to attach or attach or affix the success that the Indianapolis Colts did find through the majority of the 2021 season, you can't really. You can't really affix or attach it to Carson Wentz. You kind of have to go to the defense. You have to go to the offensive line and you have to go to the run game. Five touchdowns at one point in a game by Jonathan Taylor. Now, here's what Carson Wentz does well. He throws a considerable amount of touchdowns. He does not turn the ball over. But those things don't always add up to successful quarterback play. They certainly don't add up to efficient quarterback play. He's near the bottom of the NFL in terms of completion percentage over expected. That's one of the worst categories for a quarterback to be at the bottom of the NFL in. He also doesn't convert a ton of first downs. Through the first 15 weeks of the season, after we sort of saw that really, really uh, kind of embarrassing performance by Indianapolis in week 15, he had only converted a third of his passes for first downs. He's not showing you efficiency. He's not someone that is that, that is comfortable pushing the ball downfield, even though it's the place that he's most successful. And where he is pushing the ball in terms of the short and intermediate areas last year, he's not very successful there. He completed ju- under 60% of his passes when throwing behind the line of scrimmage, including two interceptions. For the New Orleans Saints, who might be looking at simplifying wide receiver route trees, who might be looking at the RPO offense, 
Carson Wentz just simply isn't a fit, right? We talked a little bit yesterday about the offensive coordinators that the Saints have visited with so far, Scotty Montgomery, RPO expert. Uh, you also had Robert Prince, who is a wide receiver coach, who's coming into a little bit more of a spread offense situation. Those don't complement what Carson Wentz does. Carson Wentz just needs to be able to turn around and hand the ball off. He needs the Tennessee Titans offense. And I don't think that New Orleans is going to shift over to the Tennessee Titans model at all. I think that they might shift a little bit more to the Green Bay model or shift a little bit more to the Philadelphia Eagles model. But I don't think you're going to go to just the straight up ground and pound situation, you know, the 1960s style of football that works for the Tennessee Titans. But that's the type of system that Carson Wentz needs. Carson Wentz is not somebody that's going to be able to come in and be better than an average quarterback for you. And if you want an average quarterback, which is fine, you can just have an average quarterback in some of these systems, the RPO system, spread offense, things like that. A spread, you probably want an above average quarterback. But if you're in a situation or in a system to where you can support an average quarterback by scheming around him, then don't pay $28.3 million for him next year, $26.1 million a year after that, and again, over $20 million the year after that. And we know the New Orleans Saints can do anything that they want with salary cap money, and they can do anything that they want with contracts, but that's a tough contract for even the Saints to justify taking on while also giving up assets or possibly even returning assets so that they could pick up something for paying for Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz feels more like he's going to end up in a situation to where he's going to get traded to a team, the Brock Osweiler situation, right? He gets traded to a team. That team also picks up some extra draft picks as compensation for picking up the tab on his, on his contract, all of that. The New Orleans Saints can't play that game if they want to stay competitive. That is not a competitive move. That is a, we're settling in for a year or two before. That's a Detroit Lions move, right? That's what they did with Jared Goff. We'll settle in for a couple of years, figure things out at the quarterback spot with this guy in place for right now. Not worried about competing right away, but we're going to go out there and we're going to play our best. That's not the New Orleans Saints MO. That's not what Dennis Allen wants. It's not what Gail Benson wants. That's not what Mickey Loomis wants. And so I think the New Orleans Saints should avoid Carson Wentz at all costs. If you are okay with an average quarterback or a guy that's just slightly maybe above average that can operate within your system, be a good game manager, don't pay for a Carson Wentz, maybe go and look for a Teddy Bridgewater, who is somebody that I haven't really talked much about when it comes to this offseason and the New Orleans Saints quarterback search. So let's have that conversation next. Should the New Orleans Saints reunite with Teddy Bridgewater? I'll tell you why it's worth consideration. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Uh, and I want to tell you, of course, about our friends over at Bet Online. Football season might be over, but BetOnline.net has you covered for everything else that you need around basketball as it gets back in the full swing with the All-Star break on the way. And then, of course, you get all of the latest odds, all the latest player props, player performance props, all the latest lines, everything that you need so that you can uh, get the next fired coach, for instance, in the NFL, or excuse me, the NBA. You can get in on all of that because it's a number one spot, betonline.net, for all of your betting needs. BetOnline remains the best place for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news as well all throughout the 2022 season. And it's not just basketball over at betonline.net. You've also got boxing, UFC, you've got baseball on the way, hopefully, fingers crossed, You've got hockey. You've got so much in Olympics coverage and information as well. So head over to betonline.net today. Don't miss out on the newly designed website and mobile app. Great interface over there. It's BetOnline, where the game starts. Right, Huda Nation continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. And thanks as always for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. 
I am so excited to be here with you. As you can tell, I'm on the road, so you're going to see a couple of different scenes uh, all throughout the next couple of weeks or so. Headed to Indy for the Combine in just a little bit, and then, of course, a little bit of travel in between. Um, I, I want to talk about, before we ever get to Combine conversation and stuff like that, the New Orleans Saints have a big question to answer, which is that quarterback position. We just talked about why it is that the Saints, in my opinion, in my opinion, should avoid Carson Wentz. Now I want to talk about a player that the New Orleans Saints are familiar with, a player that can run just about any system that you put him in, high football IQ, um, and he can do, he can make a lot happen. And that guy for me is Teddy Bridgewater. And I haven't talked about him much, right? I've been a little fixated on the idea of Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, the rookie quarterbacks, and then of course the Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers things floating around, all of that. But there are some of those other quarterbacks that will become available this offseason. Guys like Derek Carr could potentially become available, though it sounds like the Raiders are interested in locking him up with an extension. So we'll see how that goes. Guys like Jimmy Garoppolo will be on the move. Uh, you can look at Kirk Cousins potentially being on the move here soon. Another one that I think the Saints should avoid. And then there's the other quarterbacks that are like the Tyler Huntleys of the world. But then there's Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater was a starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos last season. And yes, his season ended again in injury, but it seems like everything's going to be fine with him moving forward. I do think that pursuing a guy like Teddy Bridgewater for the New Orleans Saints does make a lot of sense, especially if you also want to go out there and grab a rookie quarterback, for instance. So we're talking about how the New Orleans Saints are looking at going in a new direction over on the offensive side. The, the Air Coriel, the West Coast offense was a ton of fun under Sean Payton, but are you really going to be able to replicate that to the success and to the level that you were able to, to do it with Sean Payton without Sean Payton? I, I don't know. I don't know if you can. And so it, the only way that I could have seen it maybe working is if Pete Carmichael would have stayed on as offensive coordinator. Now, Pete Carmichael staying with the team, he's going to have an offensive role, but reportedly he's not going to be the offensive coordinator, hence why the New Orleans Saints are talking to guys like Robert Prince and talking to guys like uh, Scotty Montgomery because they're interested in seeing what they can do at the offensive coordinator spot. But now there's a shift, right? RPO, spread offense, simplifying wide receiver route trees, heavy run game, which we know Dennis Allen said in his introductory press conference is something that he wanted to be able to do. We saw him do that with some pretty good success up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that 9-0 to shutout last season when Sean Payton was unavailable to be on the sideline week 16. And I think in any of those cases, you'd be able to run that with Teddy Bridgewater. And I think Teddy Bridgewater would do well in all of that. I mean, we've seen Teddy Bridgewater run Sean Payton's system, and he did a damn good job at it. I mean, was he Drew Brees for you? No. But was he 5-0? and Yes. And was he 5-0 and with Michael Thomas? Yes. Are the Saints going to have Michael Thomas back in 2022? It seems like yes. And so, you know, you have all of the pieces. You have that. And then if you were to bring in a new offensive coordinator, that offensive coordinator is going to want to build up that wide receiver room, right? They're not going to be as interested in developing the undrafted free agent talent, stuff like that. They're going to be really into the idea of getting another piece uh, in, in the pass catching sort of category, whether it be wide receiver or tight end, possibly even both. Wouldn't blame that. And so Teddy Bridgewater, if you put the right weapons around him, you give him a system that he's able to run for you, which he'll be able to run whatever you want. That makes a ton of sense. And without breaking the bank for him at all, like you might have a little bit of a bidding war for a Jameis Winston, who's probably not going to sign the day that free agency opens, right? But if you're able to avoid that bidding war and you're able to get in on somebody like Teddy Bridgewater, makes a lot of sense. And the best part about it is that you dictate the contract altogether right? Because he's not on the team, on the Denver Broncos anymore. He's officially a free agent. He was on a one-year $4.37 million contract at $4.38 million contract. And then now he's going hit to the, hit the market. And so you're able to dictate the terms of the contract in that case. So you go out there, you sign Teddy Bridgewater, 
You draft a rookie quarterback, you can go first round, I don't know, but you can go second round or third round even if you can get a guy like Desmond Ritter or Sam Howell in the second. That's fantastic. It's really, really good. Or if Matt Corral ends up falling because of the fact that these NFL scouts are simply seeing other quarterbacks more than they're going to see Matt Corral this offseason, that happens. It happens all the time with these players. And it gives you an opportunity to trade into the late first, maybe to grab the quarterback that you want so you can get the fifth year option on him. All of that. Like there's a lot of different opportunities here for the Saints to be able to go with the bridge quarterback situation, but go with a bridge quarterback that can still win you, that can still win you games, especially if you're able to maintain as much of the defense on the other side as possible. And if you're not spending insane amounts of money at the quarterback position, then all of a sudden maintaining Marcus Williams feels possible. Makes a lot of sense. Maintaining Quan Alexander feels possible. Makes a lot of sense. Those things are all impacted by what you do at quarterback. And so if you're able to save a little bit of that moolah by bringing in somebody that is going to be considered maybe one of the lower end veterans that'll be on the market, let's just be honest, but we know that he can operate at a high level and you know you have a pretty good ceiling with him and you have a you have a pretty high floor with him, then you're in a good position to do that while also still planning for the future with a drafted quarterback. Then all of a sudden, along with Ian Book and Taysom Hill and then the rookie quarterback, you've got a very, very cheap quarterback room that allows you to build all around the offense and then basically take the Kansas City Chiefs approach, right? You build all around the offense because you're not spending at the quarterback spot. So you can spend everywhere else before you hit that fifth year option for that rookie quarterback that hopefully becomes your starter later. It's a way to go. It's a way to go. And it's one that I think would make a ton of sense if the New Orleans Saints did that. So they can go the Kansas City Chiefs approach or they can go out there and spin, 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 spin and go to the Los Angeles Rams approach, right? Los Angeles Rams just won a Super Bowl by spending heavily, not investing in early draft picks, all of that. Could the New Orleans Saints go that route? Could they find their way back to a Super Bowl by stealing the Los Angeles Rams model? We'll talk about it. Let's see if they can make it work. We got that coming up for you as we continue on to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. And the one thing that I never have to worry about trying to justify is rockauto.com. The best place to go for all the parts, pieces, accessories that you need for your car, truck, or vehicle. Doesn't matter if you drive a Ford or a Fiat, a Dodge, or a Daewoo. You just head to the website. Super easy to navigate. Let them know your make, your model, what year, exactly what part you're looking for. And then bam, all of the options that you need. And some of these are going to be 30%, 50%, even sometimes up to 70% cheaper than what you're going to find over at the chain stores, the brick and mortar stores, all that stuff where they don't have the part that you need. You're going to have to get it ordered anyway. Cut the middleman out. And then instead of paying for the do-it-yourself price, you're going to pay the wholesale price, right? Wholesale, uh, professional, do-it-yourself, all the same price over at Rock Auto, which is a family business. They've been helping auto parts customers online for over 20 years. So go and check them out. Get everything that you need for your vehicle today. Go and see all of the parts, pieces, and accessories that they have to offer over at rockauto.com. And don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you, but right in Locked On in the How to Hear About a section, amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Can the New Orleans Saints take the model that the Los Angeles Rams did to get their way back to a Super Bowl? Los Angeles Rams just won the Super Bowl 23-20 to against the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday. They did it with guys that were not original to their team, but still with some homegrown talent. Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Darius Williams, all homegrown talent, but Jalen Ramsey, Odo Beckham Jr., uh, uh, Matt Safford, all guys that they traded for and gave up picks for. 
So when you look at the, and, and really there, there are not two more diametrically opposed teams <laughs> in terms of team building than the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Cincinnati Bengals did a lot of homegrown stuff and then shopped through free agency, pulled a lot of New Orleans Saints, pulled a lot of Louisiana talent, all of that. The uh, Los Angeles Rams, on the other hand, I don't want to say bought their ring because obviously you still have to do, you just have to win, right? But they went out there and they shopped, right? They brought in guys like Von Miller via trade, those other guys that I just named via trade. They bolstered their defensive line with trades and big signings and one-year contracts. Remember the mercenary for hire thing became a thing because of the Los Angeles Rams back in that 2017-2018 season. And so if you look at what the Rams have done, they, they're not going to have a first round pick for like seven years and maybe even longer than that if they keep doing what they're doing. Um, and because of that, you look at the New Orleans Saints, on the other hand, who first round pick wise have done okay, right? They've done all right. The Cesar Ruiz last year, or excuse me, not Cesar Ruiz last year, um, uh, Peyton Turner last year, I think is going to be an extremely good talent in the NFL, just unfortunately dealt with a lot of injuries. Cesar Ruiz has not really settled into his new position at all. Uh, the Saints didn't have a first round pick where they ended up landing Eric McCoy in the second round. And then you look at some of the other first round picks that I think a lot of people have shown some contention for. For guys like Marcus Davenport, who I think proved a lot of people wrong last year. Guys like Andrus Peach, Sheldon Rankins, who's not even on the team anymore. Brandon Cooks, who's not even on the team anymore. Stefan Anthony, who just did not work out at all. So you look at that and then you think, okay, well, should the Saints have really been investing these first round draft picks? Or should they have been reinvesting them into proven veterans to add proven veteran talent to their team? And I tend to think that you can go either way on this. I, I really do. I'll tell you where I stand, but I think you can go either way on this. I think that names like Marshawn Lattimore, like Ryan Ramchek, give you pause, right? They give you, they make you more cautious about saying, ah, well, hey, first round picks do carry value here and everything. But I think you have to know that those prospects do that. The hard thing is that when you end up in a draft and the board doesn't fall your way, then what do you do? Because you're not just going to turn around and trade for Matt Stafford on draft day. You know what I mean? That's not going to happen. And so at this point moving forward, should the New Orleans Saints look at how do we leverage first round picks, early round picks, and bring in talent to New Orleans based upon um, the high value of draft picks at this point, right? Right now, draft picks are very high value over the course of the offseason. They get higher and higher as you get closer to the draft. And they get lower and lower as the draft passes, of course, when you look to the, to the next season. And so if the Saints wanted to do that process, they've done a portion of it, which is the homegrown talent portion. Michael Thomas, hopefully Marcus Williams is able to stick around and they're able to keep him. Uh, Ryan Ramchek, Teron Armstead, maybe if he sticks around. Eric McCoy, um, you look at, uh, of course, Marshawn Lattimore, Paul Sinadibo, Pete Werner. You have those, right? You have the homegrown talent portion of it done. You also have the free agency talent of it or free agency talent portion of it done pretty well too. You look at Demario Davis, for instance, the Saints have done a good job at shopping in free agency, Emmanuel Sanders, Jared Cook, all of that. They'll have to do that again this season and then turn around and trade away first round picks to bring in proven veteran talent. I just don't know. I don't know that the New Orleans Saints can do that. And as we mentioned with Carson Wentz, the New Orleans Saints can do whatever they want with the salary cap. They can make just about anything work. But when you're inheriting someone else's contract structure, for maybe a not as successful organization or maybe an organization that doesn't uh, look at the salary cap the way that the New Orleans Saints do and they invest highly on the front end as opposed to the back end, all of those things, then all of a sudden the Saints end up in bad situations where they're inheriting someone else's contract that they then have to restructure as opposed to contracts that they build specifically to be restructured at a later time with roster bonuses, so on and so forth. So can the New Orleans Saints 
do what the Los Angeles Rams did to find their way back to the Super Bowl? Yes, they could make it work. Should they? No, I don't think that they should. I do think they should be a little bit more loose with their draft capital. I think they should be more willing to trade, more willing to move, and more willing to bring in proven veteran pieces by leveraging draft capital that may or may not pan out. But I don't know if you need to go seven years without a first round pick. I don't know if you need to go seven years without a first or a second round pick in some cases, right? And so I think that you can deal with the New Orleans Saints maybe shopping some of those third day selections a little bit more actively than they do. You look at guys every offseason that get moved for a sixth round pick, a fifth round pick, a fourth round pick. And those are the ones that people reach out to me and say, Ross, why didn't the Saints do that? And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they weren't interested in the player or whatever, but if they're valuing the third day draft capital by that much, I don't, I think you can loosen up on that a little bit. So that's where I think the Saints could potentially do a little bit more dealing is when it comes to those day three selections, rounds four through seven. But hold on right now to what you can continue to invest in those early rounds, uh, at least for the moment, right? If you want to compete right now, you're going to need to do that. If you went this way, the, the Los Angeles Rams way, you would have some sort of a couple of years of bad football you'd have to get through first before you can really start to see the benefits uh, the way that the Los Angeles Rams did in 2018, where you know they shouldn't have been in the Super Bowl in the first place, and then this past year where they deserved to be in the Super Bowl and they won. So that's my thoughts. I don't think the New Orleans Saints should do it. I think the Philadelphia Eagles should do it personally. They got the draft capital to get it done and still be able to invest in the draft and have the money to go into free agency. They can do all three kind of areas of the trifecta there. But for the New Orleans Saints, keep doing what you're doing, homies. Keep doing what you're doing. Just get a wide receiver early on in the draft. That would be my, my one caveat. But let me know what you think, because you might think differently. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to dive into uh, more conversation around the New Orleans Saints and what they need to do this offseason. There are a lot of injured wide receivers heading into free agency, as well as the draft. Is it something the Saints could actually capitalize on? We'll talk a bit about that. And we'll take a look, of course, at the draft as well. And hopefully more information around offensive coordinator. We're still keeping an ear out for what's going on with Eric Bieniemy and the Kansas City Chiefs, by the way. So hopefully we'll be able to update you on that pretty soon. So I appreciate you as always making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to go and check out the Locked On Bets podcast. Your boy Q, handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Win yourself some money with the Locked On Bets podcast, free and available on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, I thank you so much for making me a part of your day and a part of your routine. For more on your New Orleans Saints between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holler at you.